Hi, you're listening to Mixed Congeniality on Radio Fodder. This episode was recorded on the stolen land of the Wurundjeri people. This podcast was also recorded on the lands of the Wadjuk Noongar people. We would like to pay our respects to the Elders past, present and emerging and acknowledge that this land always was and always will be Aboriginal land. For, for the listeners who don't know who Rupert Everett is, he's done a number of things, um, but I think for us Zoomers, he's probably best known for voicing Prince Charming in Trek 2. What? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I just know him because he's a bit of a dill. <laughs> is a love letter to our younger selves who pretended not to know what Wattpad was and watch Fast and Furious on a first date. We deep dive into topics that have been thrown in the chiclet bin. We dust them off, polish them up, and go on ADHD tangents while we're at it. Ooh, hey. Hi, Chelsea. How are you on this fine, fine day? I am doing quite well. Um, except a couple of days ago, I lost my film camera. I don't know if I've lost it. I don't know where it is. Um, and I'm absolutely devastated because I can't remember because I haven't been bringing it tonight out so I couldn't have left it drunkenly in an uber except I've been quite bad recently and don't remember much of many of these nights so maybe I did take it out um so I'm very concerned and confused but that like is so I feel like there's a real blow that comes when a Melbourne indie girl loses their film camera oh it does I I feel so ashamed like I was taking my bag out and I was like okay cool I have my ID um my Mary Oliver book of poems which I'm almost finished with and I was like cool um oh, my yeah, car man. keys and like I was like what else do I bring why is there this so much space and I realized why it's because I don't have my film camera did and you I lose many a f- many a photo yes and I bought the no. expensive film too I no. upgraded and there were some no. really cool photos and also, Ugh. I was I was saving up to buy either a camcorder or a digital camera, specifically a camcorder, because you know I have you know I have to. But now I might as well just save it on for a new film camera. So I'm just hoping it shows up because I, I don't know where else it would be, and it's really heartbreaking. Well, blessings unto thee. Thank I'll you. keep you in my thoughts and Thank my you. prayers. Thank you. I very much need it. How are you? Um, I'm doing all right. I feel like I may have to be the breaker of bad news to you, which is that. You've missed another extreme weather event in Melbourne. Yes, I just saw in someone's story. Please don't tell me. <laughs> Is there snow? I'm sorry that, again, we're denying you your main character-ness. Ah! Because it full-on hailed. Hey, oh, hailed. So it wasn't snow that I saw. Okay, cool. I was just like, if I missed out on freaking snow. No, no okay, hail. Miss I, can live, I can live with hail. I can live with can, missing out on hail. I can deal. Um, uh, no, but it was quite exciting. I think I've realized this is might be maybe a slightly depressing thought. I realized anything that makes me feel something that I haven't felt in a while <laughs> is a good is a good thing. Okay. Well not anything. I feel like that's maybe too broad a category. But anytime anything happens and I'm like, "Huh. Haven't done that in a while." That was a feeling that I don't feel on my average day to day. I'm like, "Sick." mission accomplished mission accomplished yeah. um so yeah great great times that makes sense though like if you're so used to just like the mundane every day <laughs> yeah and then like a little bit of hail comes along and I'm like oh spicy rain 
Spicy. Spicy rain. That is, yes. <laughs> Spicy rain indeed. Yeah. Um, so a bit of fun. I mean, I haven't researched into like what the damage has been. Mm-hmm. And I know like in my area, the hail was pretty small, but yeah. it might have done damage, in which case not not good. Spicy rain. But for me, it was just a fun little change to the average day to day. Exactly. Now you have something else to add, which is great. <laughs> yeah. And I like messaged the family group chat, which I do whenever anything happens to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and my mum goes, wow, that's wild. So I, I feel accomplished. Yeah, because you got the that's wild. Yeah. Mum reacts. Wallace, Wallace is on my keyboard. Oh, hi, Wallace. Wallace, I'm sorry, but you can't. It's ugh. Wait, I need to just take him off. Give me a second. Wallace, do you want to say anything to the podcast? He's not pairing at the moment, so maybe not. Okay. Oh, for those of you who aren't aware, Wallace is Harvey's cat. (laughs) (laughs) Wallace is the man I keep in my house. Yes, also that. (laughs) Two things can exist at once. Yeah, and I love him all of the time, except when he jumps on my keyboard while I'm recording Mm -hmm. a podcast. That's less helpful. But I am the only one home at the moment, so I think he's feeling a little bit attention-deprived. You know what? I understand that. I too have been that home alone cat. So it's okay. Yeah. Um, Chelsea, what have you been daydreaming about? Honestly, not actually, not much. I have been daydreaming about like, going back to Melbourne like when it's fully there because I'm really enjoying you know, my time in Perth. It's nice seeing my family and it's very fun yeah. to like be back home as well. Like Even if I was in lockdown, I think I would be like fine because it's at home but I have been thinking about like oh next year's gonna be great yeah next year is especially fingers fingers fucking crossed yeah that's like I hope so um I am a bit because I wanted to come back for October but then Mark McGowan made the little announcement saying like hey students if you want to be home for Christmas you might want to come back now um until the state reaches like 80% vaccination rates and WA is currently the slowest state to be vaccinated. Yeah, I feel like you guys have got a real false sense of security about it. Maybe not a false sense of security. So yeah. far it has not been false, your security. Um, yes. But I feel like no real hurry Yes, to Which get the vacci. fine for all the Western Australian natives because the border's even stricter now. So yeah, it's yeah. just like wax it step one. Yeah, exactly. And you know what? I am a bit of a waxer gal, but it's really frustrating because I don't know where I'm going to be for Christmas or if uni comes back in person, whether or not I can go back. So then how will I spend Christmas? Oh, bestie, uni is not coming back in person. You really don't think it, not even with the double vax? Not this year, no. Yeah. Oh, we've only Christ. got, we've only got three weeks left of term. Yeah, but how nice would it be to study in like Arts West or something? Because everyone's oh, vaccinated. Nice. Yeah, I mean, who knows? Maybe they'll open the library. That'd be fun. That would be good. Yeah, it's just mm. I really wanted to spend, like, more time in <laughs> Melbourne, but that's okay. So I've just been, like, daydreaming yeah. about, like, because I don't know what's going to happen with Christmas and everything. I, like, as soon as Christmas ends, fucking over to Melbourne and just, like, really enjoying what was meant to be this year and what was meant to be 2022, like, 2020 as well, to be fair. Like, what was meant to be my uni experience? yeah. I think I'm excited for, I mean, next year is going to be my last kind of year of uni. I've got one semester left next year and I kind of just want to make the most out of it. Yeah. And hopefully I will be able to do so. Yes, let's hope. 
Yeah. Fingies friggin' crust. Yeah. What have you been daydreaming about? Um, I've been like a little depressed this week. I've been having a how you say depressive episode. A spicy sadness. Um, a spicy time. Um, and so I haven't been like, I mean, like I have been spending a lot of time in my own head, but not thinking about nice things. Yeah. Um, I have also been the kind of constant one of like, especially at the moment, I, I've been like FaceTiming a lot, like a lot of my interstate friends, especially my best friend from high school, who's called Sophie Bunton, and I love her a lot and a lot. And she just moved to South Australia and is now like out of lockdown. And I think I'm going to go visit her around New Year's. But I've just been like daydreaming about like what that would be like going to visit her and hanging out in Adelaide around New Year's time. Yeah. And seeing my South Australian friends. I know um, some of the South Australians listen to the pod and are very um, like regular listeners, which makes me happy. So if you're any of those people who are listening to the pod, uh, I'm very excited to see you. But I've been thinking about that a lot. Um, also, this isn't a daydream. This is a hyper focus. But I, I would be r- remiss, remit, rem- remiss, mm-hmm. amiss mm-hmm. if I didn't bring it up, which is that I have become addicted to the New York Times crossword. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Dad. Anyway, <laughs> um, I make no apologies. It makes this little happy noise when you successfully complete a crossword okay and every time it happens i do a little dance i do like a little i'm wait i found a youtube video of the noise (laughs) so i can send it to you because i need you to understand okay oh it's an actual oh i thought you meant like a ding in your head no like it's an actual song it's an actual song what did what did you think the video i was sending you was i thought it was like the sound effect ding no no, it's like a happy little jingle. Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness, that was so fun. <laughs> Is that would, wouldn't you just never be depressed again if you got to listen to that every I just time you finished so a much, crossword? I just got so much joy and I didn't even complete a crossword. It's just a little yeah. Well, the thing is, the thing is now I have to not because I now I know that YouTube video exists. I can't just go and like instantly gratify myself by yep. watching that video. I need to I need to keep doing the crosswords. Yes. No, understandable. But yeah, if anyone wants a fun little pastime, Google New York Times crossword sound. You. It's it's a boogie. It, I I f- personally got a lot of dopamine out of that. Actually, one. wait, can we make our outro jingle this week? The New York Times crossword song? Yes. Or is that I'll, too complicated? I will do that just for you. Yes. Oh my god. You're an angel. Well, everyone better stick around to the end of the episode then. <laughs> Baddies. <laughs> or complete a crossword. Either way. Um, yeah. Okay. So, how... <laughs> moving on. <laughs> how has your cooking ventures been? Um, well, as I've already said, I was depressed this week. So... Mm-hmm. Mm. But I am... I'm getting back into it. Yeah. I currently have a batch of ciabatta proofing. Um, which I'm very excited for, mm-hmm. and I have many plans to turn it into garlic bread. Ooh! Once it goes a bit stale. Oh, I do love garlic bread. Yeah. Um, I went to my favorite establishment, Cheaper by Miles, mm-hmm. this week, and they had the fancy Lurpak butter, like the giant tubs of it, on special for like a dollar fifty. 
Ooh. So I bought lots of butter and I got very excited about that. And they also had the goat's cheese that's got like ash on the <gasps> outside of it. I love that cheese. Yeah, on sale for like a couple bucks. That's so spicy. I need to make my way to Cheaper by Miles. Once I'm actually yeah. in the state, the great state of Victoria, I will I make my like way. That can be our like, we're, we're out of lockdown and we're back together little plan. We can go yes. on a little excursion to Cheaper by Miles together. I Have love feast. good deals on like good groceries. I like get I, I combust, one might say. Yeah, man. I get a little uh, I get a little shaky. Yeah, me too. And I get a little shaky every time I go to Cheaper by Miles and buy like some cheese and some weird, you know, bean mix. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As you should. Um, it's it's a good way to live. But yeah, that's been about it. Oh, I made some cookies last night. I made some miso peanut butter cookies. Ooh, and they were pretty tasty. Um, I it's kind of one of the only sweet recipes that I make. I I think often's a stretch because I don't have that much of a sweet tooth, but mm-hmm. it's like I always have the ingredients for it because it's just peanut butter and miso, and then like sugar butter, etc. Oh, so, that's pretty so, exciting. Yeah, so like they're my kind of go-to sweet snack, mm-hmm. and they're really tasty. Yeah. yeah, so that's about it. That's what I've been cooking. It's pretty spicy. You cooked anything funky? Um, literally, no. <laughs> I have been really relying on <laughs> my mum's cooking. No, I've been making, like, vegetarian replacements for everything. Like, that's basically yeah. been the thing of it. Like, if my mum's making bolognese, I will cook up some mushrooms and lentils. Stuff like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Fair enough. I have bought all the ingredients to make my favourite comfort, comfort meal, which is uh, mushroom pot pie. So Ooh. I think I'm going to do that today because the weather's cold and it's a cold weather little mm-hmm. meal. Mm. Um, but yeah, shall I move on to the topic of today? Yes, let's move on, lads. Um, I... <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. Um, I love you, but what the fuck? Yeah, that was embarrassing. Um... That was embarrassing. Please um... will not. Uh, anyway, we're talking about Centrinians. Ayo. <laughs> Um, I think this one's a little bit different to some of our other topics because, Chelsea, have you watched it? No, I haven't. Like, I'm aware of its, like, you know, as we all know, I was on Tumblr. Like, I'm aware of its presence. I'm also aware that it has, like, a 30% Rotten Tomatoes rating. No, it's higher than that. Wait, let me find out. It's, I mean, if so, rude. And those people don't have taste. (laughs) <laughs> to be fair, the film critic industry is predominantly the same type of people over and over again, and they all agree yeah. with each other. I don't care what the white men of Rotten Tomatoes think about Centrinians. Oh, there's Colin Firth in it. Yeah. Wait, I was going to... Don't look up things because oh, I was sorry, sorry. You that, and then you were going to get excited. Yeah, sorry. I, I, I have forgotten. I deleted it from my brain. You bastard. Um, <laughs> it does have 31%, but 55% audience score... That, is yeah. That good? Is that good? No, no really. but if that makes oh. you feel better. <laughs> well, I it doesn't make me feel better actually. But we'll talk about my feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, first, I wanted to ask you, like, tell me everything you already know. Um, it's like all I know is like it's used on a lot of like Tumblr stills, and it was reblogged a lot. From what I gather, it was just like boarding private school English. I'm assuming because that seems to be the thing, and it, they all look like looked like rebellious in the school uniform like they didn't wear it properly so i assume it's mm-hmm. a bunch of like baddies at a private or girl boarding school in england 
Yeah, I mean, pretty close. I mean, you're not wrong. There's a lot more to it, I would say. It's yeah. a nuanced tale. Oh, um, I do love nuance. Yeah, this one's filled with nuance. So much to look forward to. But it's, yeah, at its core, it's like a boarding school movie. Um, mm-hmm. It came out in 2007. So the year, the movie that I kind of relate it to is Wild Child. <gasps> I loved Wild Child. Oh, I loved Wild Child. You- <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I super- Shut up. <laughs> I do. I love Wild Child. <laughs> Sorry, that just overcame me. Um, yes, no, but I think it it exists in a similar zeitgeist mm-hmm. to Wild Child, mm-hmm. but has retained less long term popularity, which we'll discuss towards the end of our episode. But mm-hmm. yes, it kind of came out around that time, um, and like Wild Child, if I like had to force it into a genre. I would say that it's like a boarding school comedy. I do I do love that boarding school comedy. Yeah, boarding school comedy movies slap. Mm-hmm. Um, so because you haven't watched this movie, I'm going to go a bit more in-depth on our like Wikipedia rant yes. section. Um, so I'm going to read off a little script I've written for myself. Um, our protagonist is a really uppity British girl oh. called Annabelle who is transferred from her prestigious private school to St. Trinian's, which is a boarding school run by her aunt. Mm-hmm. However, when she arrives, she realises that this is no average boarding school. Oh, no, no. This is a school of anarchy and espionage. Oh, stop. <laughs> um, it's not, like, officially a spy school because, like, there's nothing real, like, official happening. Like, it's not like... Did you watch Am I High? Did I watch Am I High? Excuse me. I'm a child that the parents could not afford Foxtel or like the fancy channels. Of course, I watched ABC3 and Am I High. What type of question? Anyway, Am I yes. High was the best shit. That was um, the best show, especially the original. Actually, Am I High does have quite a few similarities <gasps> to St. Trinian's. Um, this is just going to be like an hour of me pitching this movie to you, by the way. Because okay. I'm, I'm baffled that you haven't watched it. You're, you're going to love it. Oh my god, Am I High is on Stan. Oh my god, I'm going to watch Am I High now. Mm-hmm. Um, but point being, unlike Am I High, it's not like it's like organised, you know? Yeah. It's not like there's like a, a government organisation that's secretly recruiting these kids, like cherub style. Mm-hmm. It's, just, it's just a school of anarchy. Um, nice. Uh, yeah, so like there's, there's like a black market... There's some black market stuff happening out of the school basement. They, like, brew their own vodka. They're taught how to, like, blow things up and, like, fire guns. And, like, their French class is just, like, how to do hostage negotiations in foreign languages. Oh. Um, like, it's it's just a bit of a chaos time. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, um, Annabelle doesn't fit in at all and she hates it at the beginning but, like, that's okay because she's the least interesting character in this movie. Um, Most main inter- characters are. Yeah, honestly. She's just there to kind of anchor the plot, but, like, whatever. Um, she's fine. We get introduced, like, to a whole bunch of side characters. Um, for example, Miss Fritton, who is the school's principal, who is played by Rupert Everett in drag. Um, oh, I, ooh, okay, so yeah. it's campy. Yeah. Oh, it's, oh, it's campy. 
Um, side note, but Rupert Everett is like double cast in this. He also plays Annabelle's dad. Okay. He's a very good looking man, Young. Anyway, that's fine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, and for, for the listeners who don't know who Rupert Everett is, he's done a number of things. Um, but I think for us Zoomers, he's probably best known for voicing Prince Charming in Trek 2. What? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I just know him because he's a bit of a dill. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he, he has that line where it's like, oh, what, it's trending on TikTok at the moment. It's like, but, but muffin, muffin cup, what is it? Yeah, I know what it is. It's like, but muffin top? I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think he calls Fiona muffin top. Though. I don't know what it is. No, not He's a muffin not exactly... top. <laughs> that was the first thing. He says it in a British way. Wait, I've got to find this out now. But but muffin cake. Oh, but muffin cake. <laughs> but muffin cake. Yeah, that was Rupert Everett. Um, shout outs to him. Oh my god, he's Sorry, gay. This... I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, wow. But yes, he's in this. He plays the principal of the school. It's very camp. Um, Miss Fritton dresses like the Queen of England, but Stop. like smokes and swears and is great. Um, we Oof. also meet Kelly who is the head girl of the school and was like genuinely my, my gay awakening. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like I might sound a bit boy who cried wolf when I say that it was my gay awakening. Cause you have um, said that quite a bit. Yes. Yeah, I have. You're correct. Um, however, what happened the first time I watched this movie and I want to preface, I didn't watch this movie like when it came out. I think the mm-hmm. first time I watched it was like, 2012 2013 okay like a bit after it came out um and I watched that scene and I was watching it with my sister and I made my sister pause the movie so I could go to the bathroom and then I went to the bathroom and I did that dramatic thing they do in movies where they put their hands down on the bench and they look into the mirror and make (laughs) eye contact with themselves and I whispered to myself you're gay so Oh no! That is oh no! Oh no! So when I say that it was my gay awakening, I'm not like ah ha 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 ha. That was my gay awakening. No, no, it was, it was my gay awakening. So yeah, you had the dramatic TV moment. Yeah, of course I did. I was like a piece of shit. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, can you can you Google? Kelly from St. Trinity. I am looking. I am looking at her now. I always thought she was the main. Wait, so who actually is the main character? Oh, Annabelle. She just like looks pretty standard. Okay, because she's like the first person you see on every single poster. Yeah, because she's she should be the main character. Yeah. Okay, let me look up Annabelle then. Who did they have like? Trumper. Uh, For those of you at home who have not seen St. Trinians, I feel like I should explain. So she's wearing what I will call like the 1920s slash Amelie slash Bybub sort of like aesthetical in one. She's wearing a red lipstick. She has a choker. Um, and then she like wears her uniform in like a button undone and a loose tie. But yet it's also very well fitted at the same time. I would mm-hmm. say she's trying to go for like the goth French girl aesthetic. Yeah. I feel like she reads like philosophy and poetry and stuff yes she would have opinions on mary oliver yeah hundo p okay um, i'm also looking up annabelle annabelle doesn't look boring she also seemed yeah like, she, in her later annabelle's pictures. fine she well we'll talk about that later um uh, because there's a bit of a makeover scene <gasps> in this movie yeah okay 
Yeah. Um, but yes, we meet Kelly. Um, there's also like school cliques in this, which is great. We love, but it's not like normal movies where it's like, here we have the jocks and here we have the nerds or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. In St. Trinian's, everyone is grouped off by like what their illegal side hustle is. Oh, so like you have the group who's called the Posh Toddies mm-hmm. and they wear like nothing but lingerie the whole movie and they run a phone sex company. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's like the kind of geeky group who are like on their computers the whole movie and doing like illegal trade deals. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's like the first year clique and they just like blow shit up pretty much. That's it. Yeah. As um, and there's some... There's some other ones. It's great. It's it's very fun. They all like sleep in this really cool like ginormous attic, um, which stylistically I can get behind. It's wonderful. I okay. How is this? This seems incredible. Why is it like ranked at thirty percent? Right, right, right. This is why we need. I want to do analysis on like yeah. I want to do analysis on why this movie kind of flopped I mean it didn't flop like it grossed out of the box office the same amount as wild child pretty much okay but it just hasn't like remained as culturally relevant but I think I'll get through explaining the entire plot of this movie first okay yeah and then we can launch into such things Mm -hmm. um basically the conflict of this movie is like we kind of get introduced to our b plot which is like the antagonist of this movie, who is surprise played by Colin Firth. What? <laughs> um, Colin Firth is in this. Sorry. I can tried. you believe that Colin Firth is in this movie? Um, I'm sad. Um, <laughs> he plays the minister for education, who's trying to like shut down St. Trinian's. Oh. Um, and he's also the ex-lover of Miss Fritton. <gasps> yeah. Um, yeah basically the central conflict of this movie is that the girls find out that their school is in like major major debt they owe like half a milli to to the bank Mm -hmm. um and they have to like within like a couple weeks pull half a milli out of their literal assholes i Um, mean didn't you say they do illegal side hustles yeah well here here it comes um They kind of brainstorm the best way for them to make half a million dollars with their kind of cr- criminal friend played by Russell Brand, of all people. What an odd choice. Yeah, um, but he's kind of fun in this. He does have a crush on Kelly, which I found a little icky because Kelly's meant to be a teenager and Russell's meant to be an adult. Yeah. Um, but whatever. Um, but they decide that, you know what would be the easiest way to make half a million dollars? Let's steal... The girl with the pearl earring from the National Gallery. <laughs> of all things. Of all things. Um, anyway, much hijinks ensues. There's like a national televised quiz show thrown in there. Um, stuff happens. Best makeover scene in any movie I've ever seen. And then they successfully steal the painting, sell it on the black market. Miss Fritton and Colin Firth have sex and the credits roll while Girls Aloud sing a theme song that they wrote specifically for this movie. Mm -hmm. So what I'm gathering from just this explanation 
is that this seems like a campy, messier version of Wild Child. And something that I would definitely have loved and adored, and now I'm kind of upset I didn't experience. But that's okay. Well, it's not too late. It's true. Yeah. I think this movie... I mean, I don't know if it holds up without the nostalgia because it is a very nostalgic movie for me. But it's like... It's great. Mm Mm-hmm. I would say. I, I, I would put my chest into saying that this is a good movie. From the plot alone, and Colin Firth being the antagonist who slept with the school principal... I feel like I would get pretty much involved just for that. Yeah. I'll watch like, it tonight, if someone was like, If someone was like a uh, boarding school comedy with Colin Firth in it where he sleeps with the principal of the school, I'd be like, say no more. But with this movie, I could say a lot more. <laughs> I, haven't even, I haven't even mentioned that it's like a slutty boarding school and they steal a painting. Exactly. And I love yeah. I love heist movies and I love heist movies with like women in it or like just not yeah. men. Yeah, I mean Ocean's 8 fucking mm. That slept. I don't know. Again, it got also ex- quite low ratings as well. Yeah. I mean, I, I know think... why. It's because no one likes to see a girl boss winning, I guess. No one likes to see a girl boss winning. Um I also like I understand that my taste is not, like, the taste. Um, And I don't mean this in a, like, I'm quirky, I'm different way. I mean this in a, like, I... All the movies that I find enjoyable, other people find bad. One man's trash is another person's camp. So, you know. Exactly. Um, Also, Ocean's The real real thesis of our of our podcast exactly also oceans they got 69 percent on rotten tomatoes <laughs> <laughs> they had miserianna and everything how dare they I know. Ugh. um but yeah i think like this movie uses like a shameless number of tropes yeah um like they use the kind of spy trope they use the boarding school trope They've got the makeover trope. Um, they've got the like found family trope. They've got mm-hmm. the like naughty schoolgirl trope. Like it's just it's just like this whole movie is things that have been established by other like by like other cinema. I, I'm not saying this right. It's, yeah, it's, it's been like around all, in the zeitgeist for a while. Yeah, but they've like this movie isn't unoriginal. Mm-hmm. It's just that it's like so outrageously tropey that it kind of becomes camp. Yeah. I know like you're you're like a film student. <laughs> yeah. So do you do you know like do you have anything more intellectual to say on this? Cuz I don't know if I do. I mean, I think I don't really have anything intellectual to say on like tropes, but there are like a lot of movies which do so well in trying to become the genre that they make really good statements about the genre and then they can subvert the same tropes or use the same tropes while still having something to say like things can be original um it's just whether or not and I think this is one of the examples like who directed St. Trinian's I'm just gonna make a guess um I don't know I see that they were men were they queer men why did Um... I search up his name and serial killer came up maybe I should go into that one later um um, it's the same guy that directed Wayne's World, Spice World, 
Kevin and Perry go large and the ideal husband. What an odd discography. Well, not discography, but what an odd catalogue. Um, good no, for I you, was, Barnaby. Okay, so maybe they're not. I was about to make a comment about this is why it's probably a good idea to have different experiences in the film industry. But I can, because I just assumed when you said the campy mess, I just assumed they were queer. Um, but yeah, I probably I should mean, not it is assume. based on a book series. Okay. But I don't know who the book series is written by. I don't know, man. I don't know. I just think... I don't know. There's like a lot Neither of... Neither of these people have fleshed out enough Wikipedia pages for me to know if they're gay or not. Yeah, no, it's really... It's really upsetting. Um, all I'm... I guess really all I can say, you can have tropes and you can do the same things, but you can also bring an original perspective onto everything. Um, and yeah. it's quite possible... Just because something's tropey doesn't necessarily mean it's bad. Things exist because they work and they're popular. It's like what you do with these tropes that can make a meaningful impact. That's as academic as I can say, and that's just not really from a film student perspective. That's just from a me perspective who enjoys tropes sometimes, you know? Yeah. And I think, like, um, this movie is, like, very obviously aware of the fact that it's using tropes. And I think, like, it uses all these things that I feel like have been, like, fucking come up with in a lab to make my brain spiky and happy mm-hmm. but it doesn't do so in the way that I think those tropes have historically been used which is kind of like to enforce some type of like social pattern yeah. I, like the example I have of this is like the makeover scene and she's all that I watched that and I'm like oh that's a little sexist isn't it yeah um but then like when they do it in St. Trinian's, it's so obviously doing it's so obvious they're doing it because they're making some type of like campy shithole of a movie, right? Yeah. Where it's like I can just enjoy it for what it is. Like it feels almost is like this movie isn't a commentary, but it is like so removed from the original point of a makeover scene. Yeah. That it can kind of be divorced from whatever like shitty meaning has been implied there. Yeah. Like it's a subversion it's such an intense subversion, but in a way that isn't like, it's not trying to make a comment or anything that like it loses, like that it cheapens how it's subverting the genre. Yeah. I think, yeah, it's not like, I don't think this movie is like political or anything, but I do think just a team of kooky British people got together and they're like, we're going to have fun. Yeah. And it's fun. Like it's all, it just, it's just a fun movie. Um, I'm going to show you now. The infamous makeover scene. Okay, I'm very excited. Um, it's not a very long scene, but it has stuck with me. Mm-hmm. Okay. Also, where has the Annabelle actor... What else has she been in? She looks familiar. Oh, she's been in a couple things. Okay. Let me pull up... While you're watching it, I'll pull up her IMDb. Okay. I will start watching it now then. Okay, I'm, if you don't mind, I'm going to be speeding it up. I can't watch things at normal speed. That's okay. Oh! I have so many thoughts. Wait, hold up. Let me finish it first. Okay, so. <laughs> Tell me all your thoughts. Okay, so from the beginning, it like, looks like it's going to be like a typical kidnapping. Like, you kind of know what it's going to be. It looks like it's going to be like a, you know, those that tropes where people like at a frat or like a sorority like movies and they get like stolen. Yeah. Like you know where it's gonna lead. It looks like she's about to get hazed. Yeah, it looks yeah, it looks like a hazing sort of situation. Um, but then they're just like giving you a makeup silly in that like voice. Um and then it's basically just this kind We're of We're giving you a makeover. Makeover Yeah, I've watched it in double speeds, so I have no idea what it actually sounded like. <laughs> but then um it's kinda done in this like I would say Baz 
Lermans. Wait, is that how you pronounce his last name? Sure. Yeah, but anyway, it gives me that energy. In ter- okay, keep in mind, I watched this at two times speed. In terms of, like, how they shot <laughs> it and they made it, like, really messy. And it was just kind of fun. It was, like, the typical high school one. But instead of her trying to look, like, better, they're trying to make her seem more, more like, into a specific trope. Like, you know how, like, in She's All That and all of those makeover scenes and Clueless, it's just to make her seem, like, you know, stereotypically prettier, whereas, like, they're trying to make her look a bit more, like, rebellious. And I think that's the difference there. Yeah. Anyway. I think, yeah, I think this movie, I, we've talked about this before. I was relentlessly at not like other girls girl mm-hmm. as a tween. Um, and I was very much like, I'm going to be a little tomboy and not wear makeup. And that's going to make me better than literally everyone else. Yes. Um, you know, which is a natural response for a young AFAB to have to sexism especially Um, those born 2000 and onwards and had to experience you know the hatred teen girls got for twilight one direction taylor swift yeah all those the hatred teen girls got for literally existing and enjoying things yeah um and i think you can you can see how big of a moment the first time I watched this movie was for me because not only did I have my pause the the movie to go to the bathroom and tell myself I was gay Mm -hmm. 10 minutes later um not 10 like 20 minutes later when watching this makeover scene I was like perhaps femininity and being hot would be cool yeah like it looked good but like (laughs) they did it in they did it in like a subversive way. I didn't feel like I didn't feel like it was buying into anything. Like mm. I feel like I I we've talked about this. I hate the whole like female gaze thing. I think female gaze does it exist? Um, not really. Um because what I, you know that Margaret Atwood quote where she's like we're all a man looking at ourselves. Yes. I mean that, do you, that, yeah. I mean you don't have quote. to explain my whole beef with the female gaze discourse. I very much agree with everything you're saying. Um, yeah. But yeah, Do you no. want to explain your beef? Oh, basically, the, okay, the concept of, like, the gaze in, like, not, not the gaze is in the wrist flick, but, like, the gaze, uh, I'm going to have to, uh, um, is, like, I have beef with the gaze, um, is that, like, the entire concept of it, it's, like, meant to be how, like, power is, and the power of our society is kind of, like, reflected in um, media and film. And so, like, while Mulvey, when she created the male gaze, did it, like, in a psychoanalytical skill it's like used as a way to like discuss like the different types of powers and how you can see it which is why something like the white gaze and the colonial gaze can exist um but the female gaze can't exist because you can't really subvert against that like the trope of the male gaze because it's meant to be like a reflection of like the outside society and how it's reflected in anyway that's like my beef with it it was a very bad explanation but anyway yes Yeah. yeah um and the male the male gaze trope by margaret atwood sorry the the quote from Margaret Atwood that I fucked up before I just googled um and it is male fantasies male fantasies everything run by male fantasies up on a pedestal and down on your knees it's all male fantasy and you're strong enough to take what they dish out or else too weak to do anything about it even pretending you aren't catering to the male fantasy is a male fantasy pretending you're unseen pretending you have a life of your own Mm -hmm. You can wash your feet and comb your hair, unconscious of the ever-present watcher, peering through the keyhole, 
peering through the keyhole into your own head, if nowhere else. Yeah. You are a woman with a man inside watching a woman. You are your own voyeur. Which, like, slap me across the face, Margaret. Like, literally make me feel... Because, and it's just, like, everything that we do, you know? I could, like, you know when you're doing, like, your own little concert or you're having your own little interview, you yeah. know, you're still, like, playing paint. Like, oh, what if someone's watching me? Have you ever done that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I don't know a man who's, like... If a man has done that before, like, the terms of, like, oh, like man, a what if paranoid... just paranoid. Oh, sorry, I missed what you were saying. I don't know if this is just like a weird paranoid thing I do or just something I do when I'm bored. Sometimes I'll just be having days where I'm existing on my own. And I'm like, imagine if like insert person had like a CCTV of my life right now. What would yeah. they think of what I was doing? Yeah. Which is like, sometimes it's like women or non-binary people or like, you know, gender non-conforming in another way. But it is very much like I am being observed way. Yeah. I don't know. Not that like I'm paranoid that that's me. actually happening, but yeah. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> but yes. This is a massive sidetrack. But the point I'm making is that this movie is not the female gaze. Mm -hmm. But I do think the consumer that was in mind for this movie was young AFABs. And I think this was a good makeover scene to watch as a young person because I wanted... I didn't want to be Annabelle. I just liked the idea of the like of like being able to kind of put on a costume in that way. Yeah. You know, and I think like doing a bit of a trans reading on this. I think it's like her like the way she dresses is like obviously costumey, you know? Yeah. Um, like, it's not going to be, like, what – it's not, like, her true style. She hasn't found herself. She just, like, looks great. Um, and I think, like, it kind of enforced this idea in me of, like, oh, fashion really can be used as, like, a eccentric garb I'm putting on to, like, make myself into a version of myself for a day. Yeah. I feel like I've said that really ineloquently. But it, it – uh, Gave me nice little gender non-conforming tingly feelings in my stomach. Yes. Yeah. And that's what you want, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's like what you appreciate. <laughs> mm. um, big gay day for me the first time I watched this movie. Interesting. Oh, my God. There's also a second film. Yeah. Oh, the, we're not talking about her. Okay. It's not bad. It's not good, though. Okay. Um, I think it's like I was listening to... Um, a Sentimental Garbage episode. Sentimental Garbage is a podcast that I like by Dolly Alderton. Mm -hmm. No, oh, not wait. by Dolly Alderton, by Dolly Alderton's friend. But Dolly Alderton does guest star in there. Maybe it is – no. It's Caroline O'Donoghue is the host, but she has a series with Dolly Alderton about sex in the city that I really like. Oh, I didn't realise that was Dolly – okay, wow. I've learned something new every day. Okay, yeah, yeah. No, Sentimental Garbage, yeah. Um, and – there was an episode that they did on Mamma Mia and they were like, the second one like was very self-aware of the fact that it was camp. Yeah. And so tried too hard to replicate it. And it kind of lost the magic of the first one, which was just like, they didn't know how it was going to go. And so they just like did a whole bunch of wacky shit and it turned yeah. out marvelous. And I think same thing with Centrinians. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Centrinians I too, fine. I would say. Yeah. Okay. 
as I should know. I just think it's so interesting that it was directed by two men who, for what I can see, have female partners. Um, I just think that's so interesting because, like, I don't know, most things when we discuss these types of films, we usually, especially if it's for, like, AFAB people, it's so interesting how, like, I don't know, I just am shocked that, like, two men could have done this. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, maybe I, I need to, like, like, realize that men can be camp too. Yeah, or it's... I think this is kind of like a central tension of a lot of the media we talk about where it's like a lot of things that have been very important to like us as queer people or as gender non-conforming people are things that have also been made like for a profit and for a very specific audience. Yes. And like we're just eating out of their fucking palms, mm-hmm. you know? And like I don't know if like this film was set out with like we're going to make – a camp film that's going to help the young gender non-conforming people of the world come to terms with themselves. I think they were like, no, people like all of these things and we're going to put them into one movie, mm-hmm. you know? And Let's it just, just have turned out really it. campy and ridiculous and fun. And I don't know exactly what little secret potion they put in this one, but it worked. But like, I know I sometimes I feel like I go too far in praising this media to the point where I'm like praising Mattel for Barbie movies or like I don't know like last episode when I was like I hope the wheels of capitalism churn out more (laughs) gay smut like I say that ironically but also like I hope the wheels of capitalism do churn out more gay smut like I'm aware that like none of the things that are products of capitalism are like pure in their intention yeah but like i still enjoy them i still want more of them and i feel like within the system man yeah gotta, no, it's fair. Get, gotta make the most out of it it's yeah i don't know it's like also it's also just like sometimes it's okay and i guess it's the whole premise of like this whole like podcast is that like sometimes it's okay to just like things and yeah. to not require critical thought because sometimes it's so hard to just like exist and be happy that yeah and i think like what we were talking about before like AFABs cannot have hobbies without getting shat on. Yeah. Like, growing up as a young AFAB, there is, no, there is no corner of the world where you could go where you weren't being ridiculed for what you enjoyed. Yeah. And I think the thing I like about this podcast is it feels like I'm really doing a service Like, this sounds very self-important, but I feel like I'm doing... Like, I don't think many people listen to this podcast. I know many people don't listen to this podcast, but I feel like I'm doing a service to myself by, like, acknowledging that these, like, kind of crappy 33% Rotten Tomato movies had, like, a really large impact on me because, like, the media we get isn't often, like, directly meant for us. Mm -hmm. Or, like, even if it is, it's not, like, directly meant to, like, be political or to make us feel things. It's just, like, we have to find that... Those feelings where we can get them. Yeah. I don't know, man. This is such a tangent, but it's a really nice one. It was a nice one. I don't know. It's okay to validate things that bring you joy. (laughs) We usually don't feel that. So it's nice to be able to validate it or like root it in something that is deemed important. Like when we try to have like these academic discussions about something, which is like a 31% Rotten Tomato movies, that in a way is validating itself to us. And it's like a valid way to just enjoy the media. 
you can soon. And also, I just want to talk to other people about this because the internet hasn't like I tried to find like video essays on YouTube about this, and they they're not there, which kind of shocked me, because um, that's always how I find people who agree with me about the movies I like. Um, yeah. But yeah, so this is very nice. Um, I hope you do watch it, and like maybe if you've watched it by this time next next week, we can give a little segment to our podcast about your thoughts post watching the movie. Oh, of course. Um, but yeah, I think like when I think about why this movie didn't have like long term success, I like I'm hesitant to say it's because it's like not a great film mm-hmm. because. I feel like a lot of things that have become very popular are not great films. Um, And like, it doesn't even have the kind of like camp cinema status that like similar movies like Debs has. Yeah. You know, although I will say that Debs isn't just camp. Debs is like directly gay. Yeah. Um, So that is a bit different, but like, I really don't know. I think it like, you can't really pick what's going to stick in terms of, like, you know, cult classics. Yeah. But I really wish this was one because I think it's great and I think it's immaculate. And if I had to, like, rank movies that I like purely based on enjoyment, I think this would easily be top ten, maybe even top five. Yeah. No, I can see that. I mean, I haven't watched it, but, like, from what I'm just comparing it, because it feels like Wild Child has similar tropes. There's, like, a makeover scene where she goes down to her roots and everything, like, she becomes brunette. Um, Like, there's, like, you've got the different tropes and you've got, like, the prefect and, like, that sort of style. Um, Except it's obviously grounded more in reality because it's not about, like, a spy school or anything like that. Yeah. Um, I think it's also... I also think, like, the antagonists getting their, like, just dessert trend, like, trope, sorry, is so good in this movie because it's... um, Colin Firth's character gets exposed for having a sex scandal, (laughs) Um, which I just think is like chef's kiss. Please. I Um, wish he could get into a, like a a consensual and decent like sex scandal, not like a bad one, but like in a way that like, imagine if he just like, you know, also Colin Firth, if you'd care to object yourself to a sex scandal. (laughs) Please do. I just think that would give me so much joy. No, I mean, it's also something about like St. Trinian's. I don't know why I didn't hear much about it. Um, yeah. maybe it's because, I don't know, like something like Wild Child and like Debs, I don't know, they feel more accessible. I don't know if it is, but like something like, especially if it's so rooted in British humour, like Wild Child while being British, it's rooted in American humour, which is more yeah, universal. True. It is like, it is an American film. Yeah. Whereas like you know. St. Trinidad's, from what I gathered from that clip, it seems to be extremely British, which can be only oh, available to like British. a few people. Because, like, some people just don't like that style of humour. Um, so you have that as well. And because, like, also the directors, their usual fan base seems to be, like, just looking at other stuff which they've directed. Um, like, pick an ideal husband, all of those fun things. I'm trying to figure out, like, what else mm. they did. Wayne's World. Yeah, Wayne's World. No, exactly. Sorry, that's what I meant. <laughs> Wayne's World, which is, like, very much a movie my dad loves. Um, yeah, it's they're they're boy films for sure. Yeah, like so they're known. Sorry, for that, I use so that term in the like very binary sense, but I feel yeah. like everyone knows what I mean when I say boy films. Yeah, like they are, and so that's their audience. And then if they've never done a film like this before, like they've they've been so directed to a certain audience before. It's British humor, and it's a style that like I mean, Wild Child came out a year later, so maybe it was like both ahead of its time in that sense <laughs> of scenario because all the other boarding schools came out a bit later. 
Um, yeah, maybe Wild Child like took notes and they're like, mm, let's make this easier to digest. Yes, but grounded in reality. <laughs> yeah. Oh, also, maybe I shouldn't tell you so you still have things to be excited about when you watch the film. Yeah. No, I'm going to tell you because I think it's great. Um, <laughs> this movie is so tropey that they have a scene where Colin Firth emerges from a body of water in a white shirt. Stop! <laughs> and, like, walks across a field. They did that for us. They did that for us. Like, they... I Like, I can't decide how much the directors knew they were making a camp film. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously they knew. Like, obviously they knew. But, like... I I want to I'm I have questions about how these two white boys figured all this out. How I mean, they how they pulled this one out of the bag. That's so interesting cuz like I don't know, I'm like reminding myself of Debs as well. It is basically Debs except English. It's, I think it's better than Debs. Okay. Hot takes. I mean, I'm I not really that for, invested for one, I way. think that the acting is better than Debs cuz the acting in Debs is heinous. um but also i just think plot wise more interesting yeah i mean they did it does seem like they took deb's and just british shified it (laughs) britified yeah which they might have they might have been trying to make a deb's too but they were too cowardice to make it gay yeah british deb's but i'm not mad at it but again it was i think it was based on like a series of books so i don't know yeah no we're just rambling now i'm doing my own little research (laughs) Um, but yeah, I think we're kind of getting to the end of our time. Yes. Um, but basically this has been my hour long rant for why I would like us to collectively elevate Centrinians to its proper status as a cult queer film. Yes. That's all. I think I do not have the expertise to do either a queer or a trans reading on this film, but there's definitely enough there that someone else could, um, so if anyone's listening who has that in their power or their abilities, do it. Feel free. Yes. And know? I will watch it tonight. Um, I love oh, doing yeah. my forced readings onto everything. So I'll see if I can, maybe I'll like air my reactions. <laughs> yeah, I would love that. Please send me live tweets or live texts. Oh, of course. Yeah. Um, also, a little bit of... Um, news relating to last week's episode. I know, Chelsea, you've seen this because I sent you texts about it, but they announced that there's going to be a film adaptation of Red, White and Royal Blue. Um, and it's directed by a queer person of colour, which Yay! is so nice. And they won a Tony um, for a, a play, I think, um, That is what the, the Tony's, crisis. That is what Tonys are, yes. Well, it could have been a musical, I don't know. <laughs> Um, <laughs> and I'm very excited. And also it's got like a huge budget, um, which like, I love a little indie film. I mean, do I, but yeah, I do. Yes. Um, do I, um, no. I, I, in theory love indie films, but I'm mm-hmm. also very excited that like, I feel like to, for them to pull this off well, that there needs to be they at least on like sets they've got to spend a lot of money because they need both like a palace and the white house yes so i'm very excited about that i don't think it'll come out for quite a while but big ups i'm very excited um i also think 
potentially my main gripes with the film can be solved by the director um, providing that lens and care. Um, so that could, so I'm very excited for that. Um, yeah. I don't know what I was going to say. I can't um, wait to see who they've casted. Ooh, yeah. I mean, they could just do Young Royals remade. Yeah, honestly, they could recast the same two actors and they just, I mean, they have Swedish. Is it Swedish? Yeah, it's yeah. Swedish, right? Yeah. They have little Swedish accents, so. Well, I'm sure they can speak in an American English accent if they try hard enough. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they're very sweet. They have a nice TikTok presence, those two. Yeah, they they tag each other on Instagram and they have such like a bromance. I love them so much. Anyway, <laughs> I hope it I hope it's a bit more than a bromance. No, I shouldn't project such things. But no, they have said they are straight. Unfortunately, uh, why do they always fucking do that? My my what I'm going to manifest for Red, White, and Royal Blue is that they cast actual queer people. That'd be nice. <laughs> I don't know. They've already cast like a queer person of color as a director. Hollywood will be like, that's enough diversity for a day. Hollywood's like, tap out, man. Amazon, ugh, who's funding this project, which great. Love that. Yeah. Is going to be like, I'm sorry, there can only be one of you. Obviously, you can't unionize. <laughs> what are you guys going to do? Create a queer rebellion? No, thank you. Yeah, no. Cast some straight people. Thank you. Um. Let's hope not, but I don't know. It's un- it's not unlikely. Yeah. Let's hope. I'm, I'm going to hope. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so this has been so rambly, but it's been quite a cute little episode. Um, I hope you're all doing well in these times. Um, and good luck, everyone, with the next two weeks. It's going to be a bit hectic exam uni time wise, mm-hmm. but we're going to do our best to keep churning out some sexy, fun episodes for you. Yeah, we will. Alrighty. Bye. Bye.